Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 70. Today is the quickie episode detailing how I got off from September 23rd through the 29th. And I told you all last week there was a, an orgy this past Wednesday for which I did have a ticket, but unfortunately I was not able to attend, so no reports on that for those of you who were wondering. Um, yeah, it was a couple of hours before that um, my roommate reached out to me. He was in severe back spasm and unable to walk on his own, and he asked if I would help him get out of a car and go to a chiropractor's office and then return to our building and get home and all of those things, and that wound up taking over the whole evening, so I did that instead. Uh, yeah, other than that, so there was no partner sex at all this week, but I did masturbate every single day, which hasn't happened in quite a while, so I'm really happy about that. Um, yeah, and, and of all of those masturbating nights, uh, only one of them involved porn, and just two clips, of which I've included in the show notes, as always, uh, the first is a guy giving a woman oral while he beats off, um, which it was a, I found it to be an effective clip. I also, one of the things that I liked about this was, uh, you know, it shows the woman in the position of facing his, she was straddling his face, but not sitting on it. Um, she was just like on her knees over his mouth, but facing his feet, which I've always found to be much more effective than facing a person's head. Um, so if you can't visualize what I'm describing, you will see in the clip. Uh, the second one was a bus groping video. I do like the groping videos. And for me, what was effective about this clip was the scenario and not the specifics because the men that were involved in the groping could not have been any more clumsy in their handling of the woman. Um, yeah. And, and they weren't young. It wasn't like, well, maybe they've just never touched a woman before and they've never had sexual contact with another person and they just don't know. It was like these were men that seemed to be in their, you know, I don't know, 40s or 50s, middle age or whatever. So you would assume that they've had some experience. Um, but yeah, it just, it reminded me of the, like when I, I've, in the past, when I described, you know, having sex again with this guy that I met from the orgy and even different people that I played with at the orgy, this kind of aggressive, enthusiastic, but unskilled or unsensitive, at least, way of touching. The way that they handle her breasts, like this, this really <laughs> demonstrates that kind of, that quality of touch that I've been trying to articulate and feel as though I'm doing so not very well. So this will give you a bit of a visual aid. So yeah, it was really the scenario that I found arousing and, you know, certainly not, oh, I wish some guy would manhandle me clumsily like that. But whatever, it worked and I got off. Uh, other than that, there have been some unusual developments. I had one X, uh, number 39 pop up out of nowhere on Saturday. And, uh, 
yeah, he is one of the top three I would consider of like lovers or, or sexual encounters that I've had in my life. You know, in fact, it's made me think about a few things. So number one being all of the parties that are in the top three kind of share that space equally. Like none of them, I can't say, Oh, that was the best. Like they were all wonderful and memorable for completely unique reasons. Uh, number 39's presence in that, that category is his psychological power over me. Our sex was, was very about the mind. Um, he made me come once just through things that he was saying, not even touching me. And how can you ever forget that? Um, so there was just, and there was an element of cruelty to it. Like he was very, uh, he was very unique in his approach. Um, yeah. And certainly probably the strongest mental connection I've ever had with somebody. Um, so it was very much of a, like kind of a mental whirlwind to have sex with him. And he was also just very messy and filthy. And, you know, there was no body part or body fluid that was off limits. Like everything was arousing to him. And it just, I would, lose myself for hours messing around with him. Um, but it also, uh, I had met him when he was also sober when I was sober and he has since, uh, decided to start drinking again. So we did date for a while and then, you know, he had gone out after we had split up and we did continue to sleep together every once in a while. And it, just became more and more unhealthy. And so playing with him has kind of come to represent, uh, or at least act as some sort of indication that I'm not, I'm not so spiritually or emotionally fit, you know, when I'm deciding to play with him. And he does have this very uncanny spidey sense of me being vulnerable and kind of popping up when I'm going through the worst times. So the fact that he appeared, in my inbox Saturday was like really making me question how well things are going for me inside my own head. Um, we wound up not playing together, but you know, it was clear in his communications with me, which started an email because he had I'm sure lost his phone and lost my number. And so that was the only way he had of reaching me. It moved back to text message since I still had his number and, um, yeah, he just, instead of sending a complete thought, he does this thing where he sends like 10 separate messages with like one or two words. And it's like, it was just so obvious that he was <laughs> drinking drunk, high, I don't know what. And so I knew if I was to see him, if I was to take him up on this offer of hanging out with him that night, it was like, yes, I may have had great sex, might not, you know, his dick might not get erect or stay erect because of his drinking. Um, but you know, I, I do still have that craving for this psychological barrage. Uh, so I, I, I didn't do it. And the situation kind of burned itself out. You know, it was like message after message after message. I had been on my way to a commitment and, you know, of course he can't stand that. And, you know, I, I think he just either passed out or found something better to do is by the time I was free, he didn't answer, which is all for the best. Like it, it would have been an unhealthy decision, but I may be sober, but I still make unhealthy decisions, especially as they relate to sex. But anyway, neither here nor there. 
Um, some other things that happen. So one of the things about masturbating every night this week, like some of it was just being in the mood, you know, probably something to do with my hormone levels, the time in my cycle of, you know, where I am in my cycle or whatnot. Um, but also the fact that, you know, the, the orgy was supposed to be this week. And now that, you know, that time passed and there's another one next month to look forward to, all of the things that I was visualizing uh, were relating to the orgy because, you know, having gone to the last one, that being my first experience, and because it was my first experience, I went to it very much as a receiver and not a pursuer. Um, so, you know, it was like if people approached me, I would decide to play or not play. But it was very, you know, uh, you know, about people coming to me and not me going to them. So um, I've imagined and I anticipate and plan that at future orgies that I will be much more aggressive and um, either outright asking or like arranging situations that, you know, are satisfying the desires that I have instead of just being kind of like a party to whatever happens. And so the, all of the fantasies that I, I have involve a minimum of three people, anywhere from three to, I don't know, six to unlimited. <laughs> uh, I really am looking forward to being even more so like kind of just subjected to the many mouths and hands of, of countless people. So I definitely want to revisit the scenario of having at least two guys playing with my breasts and then, you know, like what else can happen while that's happening? Well, I could be sitting on someone's face and sucking another guy's dick, or maybe I'm getting fucked and I'm sucking a guy's dick and I have two people underneath me and other people like touching me everywhere. Um, so, you know, the, the guy from the orgy that I went on a date with, we were kind of talking about the events and he brought up this term of uh, sexy chaos as a way to kind of describe the situation. And, and I think that that's, that really captures it. And that's, you know, that that's part of why group sex appeals to me so much is that sexy chaos and much like playing with number 39, you know, like this being able to lose myself, it's a very mental game. So, you know, at the orgy, it was a lot of very mediocre physical contact, but the sexy chaos can't kind of, you know, made up for that. Um, so anyway, so it was just all the masturbating really, aside from the night that I, I watched porn was about, you know, directing these specifics. Um, so, but now I have a whole month. I have to wait until the next one, which is super frustrating. Um, and I mean, there are other orgies that I could be going to, but I like the idea that, you know, a core group of the people at, at these events go every single month. And so getting to know people better and like, oh, that person that I didn't get to play with last time now making a point of playing with them and like, you know, being able to go into it with, um, I, 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 there's not really a lot of foreplay at these events, right? So for me, being able to imagine beforehand kind of is a substitute for that, right? Like if I can imagine uh, or I can visualize and desire playing with a specific person or persons, then by the time I'm at this event and I see these people again, like I'm already, you know, much further along than just walking into another situation new and not knowing anybody and having no, like the baseline just being much lower. So 
So that's that's how I'm thinking about the next event. Uh, some other things that came up, and these are significant because they're both uh, they both put me in a position to really wonder about um, like official sex work for pay. Um, so one thing that happened, uh, number 54 had reached out to me for counsel. Uh, he's been having some performance problems. So while it was a little uh, uncomfortable for me to listen to him uh, tell me tales of woe of trying to play with other people unsuccessfully, because uh, I am selfish, I want all, all of the, the lustful, greedy things for myself. Um, you know, I, I do... I do care about him and I, you know, I do feel like I have, um, some insight into the matter and just, you know, I, I'm, I'm a problem solver and I have compassion for people and I, I really listen and I, I, you know, I, I did offer him, I think really good advice and we're kind of, you know, taking this step by step and, and I don't know, it, it's just been making me think about, actually officially pursuing sexual therapy education. Um, I don't know. It, it's occurred to me before in the past because just in putting things out on the internet that are sexual, I do have a fair number of people reaching out to me about advice on any number of things, you know, dealing with erectile dysfunction. How do I get my girlfriend to do dirty talk? Uh, is this normal? Blah, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I would like to feel more empowered and more uh, official in it. I, there's no other word than official to make it for. I, I guess feeling official or trained or licensed or something would make me not feel like an imposter because even though I do feel um, that I do have helpful things to say and to offer, um, you know, I, I know it makes other people feel more comfortable if there's some legitimacy to it you know, bestowed by an official uh, association of some sort. Uh, so that's scenario one that was kind of happening and, and bringing up this idea of professional sex work. The other was a gentleman reached out to me via Twitter and then Instagram um, asking me if he could pay me to insult him and humiliate him. He claimed he was looking for a dom or a femdom. Uh, just in the course of our communications, I don't think dom is really... What he's looking for, um, you know, he's into cuckolding and, uh, and the humiliation, which is what, we would, is what we've been exploring, and he has paid me. And, um, yeah, it's, that's making me revisit ideas of getting trained as a dominatrix, um, which seems like a simple enough thing, but my hesitation in doing this in the past is that I'm not interested in doing anything uh, professional, personal, sexual, whatever, if I don't feel it's authentic and I don't feel like it's, my heart's really in it. And for me as a switch, you know, I'm a switch, but I definitely lean sub. And the times when I do feel uh, compelled to be the dominant is when the other person is dominant as well. And there's this challenge and that challenge instills this desire for me to break them. So it's really hard for me to imagine doing this in a professional capacity and, you know, people coming to me wanting my services and they're not that person <laughs> and they don't instill that. And like, how, how do I rise to that occasion? How do I be what they need? And, 
you know, do it in a way where I'm not, um, I don't feel like I'm just going through the motions, you know, because if I, if I was doing that, I would quickly lose interest in doing it. I would become resentful of the time that I spend doing it because it didn't, it wouldn't feel real. Uh, so the interesting thing about this guy is that he presents submissive. He does not present dominant. And yet I do, uh, feel real, like it feels authentic. My, you know, humiliation of him and the insulting and the, the dominance of him, you know, and even, you know, the possibility of doing this in person has been thrown out. And, you know, I've been thinking about that and I, I would feel quite capable of doing that with him. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting turn. He's probably the first submissive person that's kind of arouse that in me. And I don't know if that's just because we've made it so clear and specific about the terms and, you know, the finances involved or whatever. But um, I don't know, this just brought up another opportunity and another, just some more food for thought, really. Um, so yeah, aside from, yeah, that was, that was really it. So there's just like lots of masturbation and these unusual, not really unusual, but just these random sex work opportunities that have kind of popped up. So that's what's, that's how my week has gone. Um, I hope your week has gone pretty well too. And until Thursday, I'll leave you with that. Be well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you dig it? Tell a friend, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, send an email. I really would love for you to do all of these things. And if you'd like to know more about this project, visit graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast for additional episodes and background on how this all began. And if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, send an email to sex at graphicpaint.com. Every story and experience is valuable, so why not do an interview or submit your own filthy audio? Be a part of our revolution and help us spread the message of sexy self-acceptance.